and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Chocolate with the Side of Medicine. This is Dr. Sunshine, and I'll just say personally that I missed you guys because I wasn't here last episode. So it feels great to be back. I am joined by my co-host, as always, I'm joined by Dr. Chris. Hey, guys. Dr. Nono. Hey. And Amy Jo and Dee. What's up, y'all? It feels so good to be back, especially because y'all had a whole bunch of fun without me. And y'all we talked about you. a bunch of stuff that I had thoughts on. <laughs> yes. Yes. Y'all had an extra sex episode when I was not there. I had a lot to contribute to that episode. I was very salty. Oh. Got, I, love, I will just say we were oh, definitely you got, kicking you got, it. You got sex, you got sex house up to contribute? Go no, okay. that's not what I meant. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how that's the energy you were coming out with. That's I mean, the energy you you that's the energy you I met mean, us with. Uh, see, see, see y'all. But you can listen, um, you can throw on your little sex whenever you want. Go ahead, no no. No, that's for the after dark section when wherever we get to that point. She's really <laughs> promoting this after dark session hard though. But it's but we not doing it. I don't it think yet. we'll get closer to after no. dark than that sexual health episode because we talked about a lot. So that much. Went, that went very deep into sexual lore. And I think that we're not gonna go that I mean people are still gonna have now. questions even after that episode. So um it'll it'll happen. I have I have hope. I'll hold on. You can lead it. No, no, you can lead it. You can always take us there. You can take us there today instead of questions. Low key. The floor mm. is yours. You you let that marinate. You you let Ooh, that marinate. No pressure right it. now. You let that marinate. Think about it. Think about it. Cuz while you're thinking about that, about I do want to say, I do want to say Amy Joe was talking about the show from and right before I heard you guys' episode, I just had a friend talk to me about from. And the way that Amy Joe was describing it, I'm like, yo, this is exactly how my friend described it. I haven't started watching it yet, but she's like, girl, it's kind of creepy. They're in some weird like loop and they can't get out. And they're trapped. <laughs> and I'm like, when she was describing it to me, I'm like, somebody like Amy Joe would like this. And lo and behold, you guys are talking about this damn thing. I'm like, she likes this weird creepy stuff kind of like that other movie that came out where the people were like aging by themselves on the island and just yes it was like a secret experiment oh what was that yeah and they were all getting old and dying and like getting pregnant and aging like like yeah i'm like that's something amy joe and i remember i remember the it was called old or old yes i didn't watch it it was called old i'm like this gives me that same kind of vibe like creepy weird sci-fi stuff i feel like amy joe is like gonna eat this up and lo and behold y'all have a whole segment episode about it i was like you know what we do on brand brand. i'm telling y'all look dr sunshine is talking but if I can get her to sit down long enough to watch something that I'm interested in, she'd be like, <laughs> I can't believe you got me watching this. Hit the next episode. Okay? So, because I don't remember what it was. Oh, God, what was that? And it was but not, it is- was just all suspense horror. And and he and she was like, what are you watching? And she's walking to the couch. I can't believe, sit down on the couch. You're watching that cover's thrown over. This is ridiculous. Lean in. Like, start the next episode. <laughs> is you know with streaming okay so with streaming apps like the way that it's the way that it's set up i can kind of just scroll through things and whatever amy joe thinks to click on i would never click on that like i would never (laughs) click on that but then after she clicks on it and i'm just in the kitchen tootling around i'm like oh what's that Mm, that's interesting Mm, okay all right where's that going whoa where are we going with this and now i'm now i'm invested (laughs) 
But like, if I'm sitting on the couch searching through what to watch, I am never going to click on what Amy Jo clicks on. I'm like, why would I click on that? I was looking this for a comedy, true. girl. I came here for comedy and action, and now you got me on some weird, creepy vibes. Like, that's yes. not what I came here for. And no, then she can't is, walk away. So She's like, why are they going to that house? What? What is going on? Oh my goodness, I cannot believe this. Next episode. <laughs> That nah, is so true, so but you know what? Amy Jo has a way of doing that to you because she does the same thing to me, but maybe I'm a little different because literally I'll probably watch anything someone puts on TV. If it's on TV, <laughs> I'm watching it. Like, it doesn't even really matter. Even Imagine. when I went home and I watched, when I went home and I watched the trailer for From, I was like, oh, this is not for me. This is for somebody. <laughs> but it's not, not for me. me. <laughs> and it's probably great. It's probably great. Like, Probably has great reviews, great acting. Someone might be nominated for something. Cool concept. Not for me. Mm-mm. You know who didn't like it? Who? My fiance. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointed. Now that's funny. Now that's funny. Especially because if you if you guys are the type who like to watch things together, and then now you like something and he does it, and you're trying to watch the next episode, and he's like, yeah, but nah. You're like, no, but really, I really want to see this. Can you? Can you? Mm. There's another TV in the other room. Right. Can you so he's kind of like you. He'll complain or- about it, and then he'll finish it before I finish it and be like, <laughs> I didn't like it. And I'm like, dude, you just finished the whole series. So, so yes. And I, I guess I dropped that, but I did get engaged um, in between recording. So I guess it is something that went Yeah, on. I was going to say, Peepaw, you were like my fiance. Yo, I'm, like, I'm blinded by this rock like, on her finger, if y'all could see me. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, I don't think listeners know that you have a fiance. <laughs> you said it so like, my fiance. <laughs> yeah, I got a fiance now. Listen, awesome. nobody Listen, knew. But awesome. the very first post I've ever made, we were like engaged. So you can imagine. Yo, you do not understand how many messages I got. Like you, Amy Joe, do not understand. As soon as <laughs> it hit the internet, everybody was like, Whoa, I didn't know she was dating anybody. She's engaged. How's she engaged? I'm like, why don't you text her and ask her? They're like, Oh no, I'm just asking you because I know y'all, y'all cool like that. I'm like, why don't you just text her and ask her? Like, all these text messages I'm getting out the woodwork asking about her. <laughs> Popping up out of nowhere, not just with a man, but with a fiance. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, definitely uh, sent the text messages off. Um, Who knew? I'm they like, were like, do you? You will not be out here just popping up with a whole fiance. We have never seen this person. I'm like, well, you know. No, Listen, do your Issa Rae. Be on, right. Be on your Issa Rae. <laughs> yes. You know, Issa went from Issa went from no man to like getting married on a chateau in like France somewhere. We're like, Whoa. I know, <laughs> yeah, because remember Issa just popped up on a photo shoot one day and she had a ring on, and everybody was like, "Is that for the? Is that for the shoot, or is that like an actual <laughs> ring?" Like I remember when she, I remember like when she popped up and everyone was like, "Is that a ring or no? It's not. I think it's a ring." She said nothing. Like the next thing we knew, she was legit married. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so I didn't I didn't pull a whole Issa, but I suppose I did. I did just, you know. And I still have not put any like a lot of pictures up because the it's the one picture of uh, obviously us getting engaged and he's on his knee. And so his back is, you know, to the camera and it's just me. Um, and there's a picture of me. So uh, there really aren't that many pictures of us out there. I guess I'll post. I'll post some pictures. Only if you want to. There is absolutely no pressure. At least not from me, Dr. Sunshine. Listen, 
Because and, and not from I, and not from Dr. Chris either. Because oh, nah. I think I'm a social media kind of a hermit, kind of sort of. Dr. Nah. Chris is like, listen, it's like non-existent for Dr. Listen, Chris. you'd be lucky if you find a picture and I end up with a whole family and be like, what the heck? How that happen? What's <laughs> <laughs> popping in the trend of world? Okay, so before we get into the juiciness, I want to say, because we did not get a chance to do it because we were um, recording, but I want to give this some attention, that April 24th through the 30th was um, National Fertility Awareness Week. So I saw a few posts from Black Docs that were like talking about their journeys or just making people aware. And, you know, it's been a, a big push for me in my office and just out in the world to be like, Hey, especially for women of color that I don't think get a lot of TLC and guidance and, and anything. So, you know, I'm sorry that we couldn't like do it in the middle of it, but national infertility awareness was a a week. And I hope that if there are any women out there that are, I would say 25 and up, but I'll even, I say 25 and up, but I'll even give you 30. If you're 30 and you do not have children and you think that the answer is not an absolute no, I've had to restructure this. If the answer to the question, do you want kids, is not an absolute no, that is the best reason ever to have a conversation with your doctors about preserving fertility. Mm -hmm. That doesn't have to mean that you are going to, you know, retrieve eggs or, you know, become invested in very expensive procedures or anything like that. But I think that um, I have yet to have a single woman come in my office that isn't shocked when I run the numbers. Like everybody, Mm -hmm. every single woman, whether they are 20 or 40, when I give them the data, here's what it looks like, here's what it is, and here's what it isn't. Every single woman is like, oh, nobody told me that. So Mm -hmm. I hope that these awareness weeks gain more and more ground, especially amongst the black women communities. And that we, um, you know, I, you know, I believe like if you give black women a task list, listen, nobody does task lists better than black women. We'd be like, what we need to do. Agreed. Okay. I got it. Like you give black women some to do list and they will do them to that. Okay. <laughs> so listen up black women. I am not asking you if you're married. I am not asking you if you got a man. I'm not asking you if it's the right time. I'm not asking any of that stuff. I am simply saying, if you do not have an absolute no on having children, then Mm -hmm. it is a really good reason to push your doctors, to push your gynecologist to say, well, then what are the steps? Because I get that in primary care. And in this case, we're talking family medicine. We're talking OB-GYN. Sometimes we're not giving you the data and you do have to push it. Like, so what should I be doing next to make sure everything is good? So I hope that y'all are listening to me and, you know, getting out there and really taking care of yourselves so that you are set up to take on any scenario. Well said. So that's the one thing and not venturing that far off. uh, Something a little more fun kind of tied to... um, last week is all right y'all so dj envy and his wife gia i think i'm saying her name right wrote a book called real life real love 
I ain't read the book, just so we're clear. But in all of the and I and I listened to their interview that they did on a um uh what is it, the breakfast show? The Breakfast Club? Mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club. I, I listened to their interview, but that wasn't even the thing we talked about today. So somewhere in an interview, um Gia mentioned that she faked just about every orgasm. And it has like sent the internet like insane. So um, I was listening to, um, oh man, what's his name? He used to be on T, uh, TMZ, Van, Van Lathan. Uh-huh. So uh, Van Lathan was having a conversation with a lady about, you know, this is so that he, as a man was like, what is the percentage of orgasms that a woman should be, ex- you know, what, what's your number? Where are you trying to hit? And I thought, what a, what what I don't what understand the question. What a own thing to say. His question, question was his question How was because when she said she faked every orgasm, so his question was, um, well, how many orgasms do you expect to have? Like, what's your percentage of time that every time you have sex you have an orgasm? Yes. Like, what's your target? Per- oh, oh like, is that? I'm like, I'm like, what's this have, question trying to ask? Are you trying to have four, four or like right. three? Should it be forty percent? Like Should it be seventy five percent? Should it be one hundred percent? Like that was his question. And and the girl was like, well, well, how am I getting these orgasms? And so he was like, I mean, you know, anyway, anyway. So she was like 100%. And he was like, mm-hmm. wow. Like, like, oh, my God, you want 100%. And I thought, well, yeah. well, this is how we get to Gia saying that she is faking orgasms, right? Because we have talked, listen, y'all gonna have to go back to some old episodes. We have talked about this ad nauseum um, that the concept of orgasms for women is just it's a very interesting um topic it's interesting in uh social culture how we get to it how we don't get to it and all these things so yeah Gia kind of set off the internet when she said she faked orgasms every single time though I can't, I don't, maybe she didn't mean every single time. Maybe she meant most of the time. But either way, it came out that she faked every single time, y'all. Every single time. Could you imagine being married for as long as they've been married and faking orgasm every single time? I can but I, but I think that <laughs> it's a hard no for me. No pun intended. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Nah. A conversation would have came up and be like, hey, we, we need to talk about technique or something. But 100% of the time, that that'd be, that would have been a problem. Also, I think she was making a point that her faking the orgasm was more of a, a reward factor, right? Like she wanted him to uh, reap the benefits of his work. So faking the orgasm to prove like he had done something that, you know, resulted in pleasure. It doesn't teach it doesn't teach your partner how to pleasure you, but, you know. No, well, I think, I think yeah. it's just afraid of the the fact that women sometimes are afraid to hurt the man's ego. Exactly. And it's kind of like, you don't want to do that because I mean, cause it, it could kind of change things and you know, like, and and, you know, they, they're thinking they're doing something and you're like, not, no, it's, it's not. It's like, what? like then they're like probably more in the head and it causes more anxiety. And I guess they're just trying to avoid that in a way, trying to avoid, I guess a confrontation. 
No, if your partner cannot take mm -hmm. constructive criticism for like technique or whatever is going on, then, you know, that a conversation needs to be had because I mean, sex is not just there for the pleasure of the man. It's for the both parties to reap the benefits of it. So this kind of antiquated, sorry, I, I had a glass of wine, but um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that whole thinking of that, you know, it's only the, you know, pleasure for the man. And that's the only person within the two parties that's supposed to be reaping the benefits of, you know, sex is, is completely outdated. So now, you know, if, now in fairness, I think in the interview, uh, DJ Envy was also saying that he had he was unaware, like mm -hmm. had no idea that that she had been faking them. Um, now, like that. I have I have a lot of different viewpoints on this. A lot because there was a lot that stemmed from this because I did see a lot of chatter on social media of a lot of guys flaming DJ Envy like, man, you ain't worth this or that. A girl would never fake it with me. I would have never. That that never happened to me. Okay, so. Men are lying. Listen, we both. Bruh, how do you know? Right. First of all, <laughs> men, I'm going to guarantee you, especially men that have, I guess, you know, very healthy, fruitful sex lives, you've more than likely been with a woman who has faked an orgasm with you at some point in time. More than likely. I'm going to say 95% chance that's, that has happened to you. The woman's not going to let you know. You probably don't know the difference. So it's very... So please, simmer down. Because they were flaming envy for this. They, yeah. You probably don't know. You know why? Because women are great actresses. We're fine. Like, we do this. But I will say this. As someone who has been sexually active with men and women, I do find that men have, like, a more direct thinking when it comes to sex. Like, for them, it's like... Sex plus orgasm equals success. Like, that's, like, very, like, we did this. This is the result. I feel great. We are done. It's very, like, boom. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of women that can actually enjoy sex and sexual interactions and enjoy lots of different aspects of sex and not necessarily have an orgasm, but still have a good time, which is what Amy Jo talked about in our sexual health episodes. Y'all mm -hmm. can definitely refer back to that. So I think for women, there's a lot of levels to it for sure. And I think that sometimes changing gears here, uh, uh, shifting gears for some women, especially depending on the relationship with the person you're with, one night stand type of thing, there are, there is a usefulness to faking an orgasm. If you're just kind of like, this ain't for me, let's get it over with them. We're done and pivot. We're done. Let's go to brunch, <laughs> whatever. Like we're done here. This isn't for me. You thought you did a great job. You can live with that. I probably not going to see you again. This is not for me. No one cares. Like no one really cares. But if this is mm -hmm. actually someone that you plan on being with and building with, mm -hmm. then faking an orgasm repeatedly does not help the sexual health of the couple in like building and learning each other learning each other and communicating well and creating a great sex life together. That is the goal. <laughs> and you know, something else when they were flaming, like, you know, I, I'm like, you have been following it. And so, yeah, like there was one interview. I can't remember who it was. It was some rapper, of course. And, and they were like, I mean, I know every time because I get that gush. And I'm like, here we go. Like, first of all, fellas, exactly. Listen, they're not, not all squirting. Some of them are peeing on you, okay? Mm -hmm. They're well hydrated and they're peeing on you. And that's fine if you good with some peeing. But, you know, this is also like porn culture and like social media and all this kind of stuff. And this idea that sex always ends with someone squirting all over the place. Like, first of all, that's a lie. Like, that's simple. They're lying. This is simply not true. <laughs> all women do not squirt. Uh, some of those are not 
squirty. Some of those are urine, right? It's been, it's been um, talked about enough that there've been studies that actually are done and they measure, right? And so in the studies that have been done where a woman, they, so in some of the studies they measured, you could do a bladder scan. You can see like how much liquid is in the bladder and then they go have sex and they squirt and then they remeasure the bladder there is less liquid in the bladder after a squirt. Wait, wait, wait. Hold than up. They're, going, they're doing post void residuals on people that just had sex for a Yeah. <laughs> you do all kinds of stuff with people who have sex, right? What do you mean do they post void <laughs> residuals? Uh yes, how you gonna know what that squirty is, right? I'm, so, just, I'm just trying to imagine them doing the deed and then they're all like hot and bothered, and then someone comes in with like a bladder ultrasound, like, okay, we're gonna ask me. The question but that's you should be asking, asking is how come I couldn't be in that study? <laughs> 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 I'm joking. Like, where was that study done? Right. right. Why did they tell me? <laughs> I'm sorry. Carry um, on. I thought that was hilarious. It's so right like, and, and this and this isn't just one study. Like, there's a bunch of them. It's been a long time since I've read them, but I have read studies where they, yes, they do like a post void, well, a bladder scan. I guess we can't say a post void because you're trying to prove that this is not urine. And so they can't say that it's all urine. But in that study, I do remember reading that the volume of the bladder had decreased, right? So this is not just liquids. But then there's been other studies that say this can't just be urine. There, there's got to be other things. And we know that you've got secretory organs that also squirt, right? So your Bartholin glands, women mm-hmm. who get Bartholin cysts, those are actually like your little skier gland so they drop a little liquid in there to make everything nice and moist the vagina itself is a whole secreting gland in itself so there's moisture coming from from there so there's lots of juiciness that happens right so we ain't talking and so i think men get confused like is it juicy is it wet does she like she having a good time yeah she came wrong exactly she could really like you um she could really be into it it could really feel good but you but she's a clitoral orgasmine monster and while you in there throwing them super pumps you ain't swing past that clitoris at all she's not gonna orgasm but it doesn't mean that she's not having a good time she feels connected the sex is good she likes the penetration all this kind of stuff she can fake an orgasm because she can remain wet enough that you just might not know right so um exactly I thought I thought it was a opportunity to kind of talk about, well, there are some realities that more women than I think men, and I suppose in women, right, that people underestimate about women and orgasms. Um, there's way more faking it than I think we know. And, and, on, yeah. t- and, on, and on top of that, I'm sure she's fi- probably found a workaround. If she's like, okay, this makes him happy. This is like where I've decided to just kind of like live my life. I'm sure she probably has some amazing sex toy that she uses when he's not around. It doesn't mean that she's never, ever had an orgasm since she's been with DJ Envy. I'm sure she has probably under, and I didn't, I didn't watch the interview. I don't know, but I I think that she might've found some workarounds like most women do because a lot of women, if they don't have an orgasm with their partner, there's other ways for her to achieve an orgasm that does not involve somebody else. It's just, well, we got options out here. I also think that, you know, when, People have some people feel like when you have orgasm, it's like a big like oh my god, like a big explosive thing all the time. 
But I yeah. kind of feel like it's not always like that. It kind of all depends, right? Because sometimes you can you can orgasm, but it's just not that explosive kind of like, oh my God, screaming at the top of your lungs, right? Well, so like, kind of, yeah, they reiterate that earlier. Like, you know, that's kind of like within the porn culture. Like you expect, you know, someone to be screaming up top of their lungs, like, oh my God, I'm going to come, blah, blah, blah. You know, but not everyone is like that. You know, not everyone yeah. is that vocal about when they're going to climax and then you know that's just not the norm for everybody and that's fine that's completely fine what i didn't understand about the book or the interview is i'm curious what the end game is here because i feel like there were losses on both sides because i feel like lots of people were like dang envy wow bro and they were like flaming him for multiple reasons you can pick whichever one you want. There's a list. They're like, wow, bro. Like, that's really embarrassing. Meanwhile, on her side, other women are looking at her like, wow, girl, you've really been in this that long and you this is just how you live your life. Wow, sis. Feel sorry for you. Couldn't be me. You know what I mean? Like, what's the end game here? Like, who's winning? I think I'm assuming they're talking about it in reflection, right? Like, because the book is more than just... um the orgasms that she wasn't having. I think the book walks through like just their journey to get to uh, honesty and a a happier place. place. Because the one thing in their, in their interview with the um, breakfast club is they were talking about like, you know, how like they really like each other and they've been together for a long time. Like I think like since high school, so like really like each other, their house full of love, like they get along, all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, there was like the infidelity issue and how they work through that and all these things. I think, I think, you know, the book is about just, you know, honesty, right? So, you know, the level of honesty or lack of, you know, to fake orgasms every single time doesn't allow your husband to make, the necessary changes to provide you pleasure. And, and, you know, and I, it doesn't necessarily have to be like, Oh, we're going to figure this out. And now when we have penetrating sex, I'm going to find a way to make you orgasm. Maybe that ain't it. Like maybe it's, I need you to pull out some toys because I, I am a clitoral stimulating kind of orgasming kind of girl. And so you do that maybe while we're having sex or right before or right after. So we make sure that, you know, you get yours off and everybody goes home happy. But I think it just kind of spoke more to the level of transparency they had developed over time as they were, um, you know, doing it. Now, where she lost me a little bit was uh, somewhere in the interview. She kind of said that she thought that uh, her mother uh, developed dementia to protect her marriage. Like her mother had dementia. She was like, you know, my mother would not have tolerated me staying in a marriage where um, my husband had cheated. And so she was like, I think, you know, I think God kind of gave him off the dementia so that, you know, my marriage would last. And I was like, well, I, you know, I was with what? you uh, orgasm. <laughs> I don't understand that. I didn't, okay. You didn't lost me. I'm, I didn't went out the window now. By the Lord giving her mother dementia, she was spared from the wrath of her mother. Essentially, getting on her for staying in a marriage. That was like, don't put, don't put God in it. Now. Don't throw God in. Right? God. What? 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 The Lord got to do this. What? What? That's Jesus over there minding his business. You know what I'm saying? We brought it. We done brought in the Holy Trinity, right? <laughs> into this, into this mess. Don't do that. I'm like, dang. You know what, Jesus? Man, Jesus been out here, you know, spitting on people's eyes, giving them, you know, vision again, all this kind of stuff. And you talking about some, the Lord then gave your mama dementia. I was like, you have lost me here. I am trying to hold on, but 
I'm going to go with a hard no on that one. There's a lot of other things going on here too, especially if they were together since when they were really young and then they kind of grew up together and then the infidelity. There's a lot of layers of other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's probably part of the reason why you know? she faked it. Like, because a lot of things yeah. that people don't under well men might not understand women are so we're emotional in the sense that if we're not good with you it's probably you're not having a, you're not having we're not having good but she said every single time so they weren't always not good because she also said that she really was not she, there was no triggers for her to even think that he was cheating until she found out like oh. she did not know until she knew well so these, I don't, these I don't orgasms or lack thereof be... were happening the whole time I don't know if it could just be just because they were together for so long and since they were younger, like maybe she just didn't feel comfortable to tell him. I, I don't know. Maybe. Or if she was young, especially if he was been her only partner yeah. and she's all and he's all she no. knew. She never really had a chance to sexually explore and figure out who she really was sexually, especially mm-hmm. if it's a guy that's kind of stuck in a similar, you know, habits and patterns and stuff. And she never really got to explore sexually. So now she's just been unhappy forever. And talking to other women, she's like, wow, this is really not how other people are living. This right. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, who's has anybody ever lied about having an orgasm? Yes. Like among us? Yeah. I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Sure what? Yes. Smooth. Of course. Didn't even, didn't lied, even hesitate. If you haven't lied, I don't think you, I don't think you've lived. I, mean, oh, no, I think not, I did it that's, more. That's, for, that's a lie. That's extreme. That's I did it more for Dr. Good. Sunshine's reason. Like I just kind of wanted it to be over. Um, so just kind of, let's, let's hurry this up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very common. So and that could be for any reason. Let's hurry this up a little bit because you don't know what you're doing or yeah, you do what you know what you're doing, but this isn't really my vibe or Hey, I have a show that comes on in two minutes. Or, <laughs> hey. <laughs> any reason hey we got brunch reservations you want to do a quickie i'm not really into it right now but you really wanted a quickie but we really got to be somewhere it could be anything uh, it could be like, man, let's go i hate the rush oh my god i want time give me time it can literally be oh yeah what? see that's that single life man it could be literally well, any time you're gonna have to get a quickie any. in man it's okay it really all depends on the situation i mean I it happens, happens. <laughs> I, I, you know i think i think um anybody and maybe men are the people that are left out and because we we are not you know being honest um for the reason dr sunshine said like if it's casual like you sometimes are not invested in the truth because the truth requires you know it's gonna be all these questions well what do you mean well i thought i heard and all this kind of stuff and so women will lie about it because you know they're not they're not invested um i wouldn't recommend that for your your long-term relationship i think you need to tell people your long-term relationship with what makes you tick right it will make your sex better over time but casual relationships um or or ones you're not too sure about yeah y'all have probably been lied to at least once or 10 times so (laughs) 100 of the time you never know i mean i i agree So, okay, so the topic we are going to talk about menopause and also possibly hormone therapy. I know it's like menopause, like why menopause? So, so I know- That is not what I I thought you were going to talk about. (laughs) When you said hormone therapy, I could have sworn you meant like trans, like gender or hormones. I was, I know. No, this is awesome. This is dope. But that's just not what I thought you. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But the thing is, like, so 
it it does seem like this is basically i mean it's basically for women but honestly you know it affects men too because you know when women are going through menopause everybody's going through it right (laughs) (laughs) so it's the woman it's the man everybody feels it right so then it's kind of like we're just gonna kind of talk about that and um you know also let you know what some of the options options are okay all right well let's go let's do it okay so first off um i'm gonna say so what is menopause right so menopause is usually occurs when a woman is like Sometimes it could be a little bit earlier than 50 years of age. But um, the definition of menopause is that you have to at least have a full year with no period. Okay. So it's not like uh, you have a period like nine, you go nine months with no period and then you have a period on the 10th month. Then you didn't actually go to menopause. It has to be a full 12 months with no period to go to menopause. I further defined it 365 days. When you say 12 months, people will get to 12 months and be like, oh, I got to 365 days of no period is the definition of menopause. Mm -hmm. Period. Yes. Yes. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good one. I like that. I like that. I like that. Uh, And then I don't know for you guys. So I know with Dr. No, no, it could be just when you were, uh, when we were doing training, but a lot of women are like, oh, you know, I'm not sure if I went through menopause. Can we check my hormones to see who went through menopause? Like, do you guys get that? Please tell me. What are, what are your thoughts Some, about Sometimes <laughs> people are like, can you check my hormones? And I'm like, are we at 365 days or no? <laughs> um, because that is the definition. I get it more from women who've had uh, hysterectomies. So you can be in surgically induced menopause. So if I take your uterus, then you are in what we call surgically induced menopause because you're going to have 365 days of no periods. And sometimes in those cases, I will get some of those women that will come in and say, well, can you check my hormone levels to see if I'm going through menopause now? Yeah, that happens. All the time. But I think it, I think it purely comes from I, I think it's more so from a, um, a lack of education standpoint, because when mm-hmm. they ask to check, you know, for the hormones, I just talk it through them. I'm like, well, you know, the way that the way that we diagnose it is this, like the 365 days. And when you talk it through with them and you explain it, then it's fine. Because a lot of them actually don't know that. I feel like sometimes we take for granted. We, we feel that like, you know, older women talk to other older women and they should know that, oh, like, has it been a year yet? And that's just it. But I think that they actually really don't know that. Um and then they'll be like, oh, no, it's only been seven months. I'm like, all right, cool. But in my head, I'm like, yeah, get back with me in five months. Like, you know, what I mean? in my head, I'm thinking, and I'm like, yeah, cool, yeah. five more months. Yeah, yeah. And I and um, I also get that, too. And sometimes I get it, like, after they've gone through it for years. So it'd be like three years out, they haven't had a period. And they're like, oh, I want you to check my hormones. And I'm just like, but you already went through menopause. Sometimes, well, sometimes, the, you know how sometimes you get the patients that really want that back and forth yeah. dialogue with you? Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, well, what are we looking for? Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, oh, well, I'm looking, I'm looking to make sure I'm in menopause. I'm like, well, the labs won't tell me for sure if you're in menopause. Well, that's not what the labs are for. Right. If you're really in menopause, my criteria is 365. And I'm, because, you know, they don't know the cutoffs. They don't know what they're looking for. Their, their, their thought process is usually when I need answers, blood work is the answer. Yes. That's and that's and that's the good point because and and that's the counseling that I normally give my patients as well cuz I'm just like if I order the labs it's going to have to help me say something like find out I'm trying to find out something but I already mm-hmm. know 
that you went through menopause by the definition. So there's no point because I do the levels. It's not going to really mean anything. It's going to be low as I expect. Mm -hmm. So, and I also, and I also tell my patients sometimes, especially when it comes to hormones, like even if we do the lab works, we get a number, the number that you're getting, this is like a snapshot of your hormones. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, as women age, things gradually decline, like things are declining Mm -hmm. or things are going up. Like it's a gradual, well, some women it's not gradual, but for the most part, you're getting a snapshot of this number and this number just represents right here, right now. And that number will change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Hey, so I, I talk it through with them, but sometimes people can be a little more difficult, but you know, they're patients. That's what they do. You know, they got, they got questions. I get it. Yeah, so in menopause, though, there's the withdrawal of the estrogen and progesterone, right? And because of this um, drop, this uh, withdrawal of your estrogen and progesterone, it can cause some symptoms. And that's a lot of times when patients come to us, right? Because then they're starting to have symptoms. And so what are some of the symptoms of menopause? So a lot of the ones are hot flashes, night sweats, um, they can also have some type of mood disorder. So because of the withdrawal of the estrogen and progesterone, like their mood can be all over the place. They could be depression um, that occurs. And insomnia. Then, insomnia because Insomnia's of the, the night sweats, a lot of it. Yeah. And um, the vaginal dryness. Uh, so they come in with all of these things. And, um, and I think a lot of it, the most, the one that women really just sometimes can't stand is the night sweats and the hot flashes like they come in and they're like oh my gosh like I can't (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I can't deal with this I need something doc like what are we gonna do right so in the past oh if the woman is going through menopause um hormone replacement therapy is a no-no like you can't give them hormone replacement therapy because it's gonna cause um cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke. We can't do that. So it was just like no hormones for these people. We got to give them other treatments. And then I want to say it was probably halfway in our training. They're like, they did a study and they were showing, oh, well, actually we can, depending with certain criteria. I mean, the the strict contraindications to getting hormone Mm -hmm. replacement therapy would be like, undiagnosed vaginal bleeding so if you're bleeding for you know whatever reason and you're you know during uh the age of menopause and we don't know why you're still bleeding then that we would not give you uh hormonal therapy for that also if you had a history of blood clots uh so that's blood clots in the legs the lung um that would also increase your if getting hormonal therapy would increase your risk of getting more blood clots so that's typically not uh, um, an indication for us to give that to you and also uh, liver disease. So if you have like really bad uh, liver disease, so like cirrhosis or anything of that sort, then that would also be something where we would not give you hormonal therapy. So let, let's take you back. So because I'm sure this confuses a lot of women, because when I have conversations in my in my office, because um, I don't do a lot of hormone replacement therapy, because it does still require, you know, some maintenance therapies mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. I don't keep up with. Um, and so I tend to send them to gynecology if they want like hormone replacement therapy. The reason why a lot of doctors are all over the place is that there were studies. Right. So if we remember, um the women's health initiative study that was done in like early 2000, I think like 2002, that study came back and said, um, hormone replacement therapy equals bad outcome, right? It, there were concerns 
not only about cancers, which you're always concerned about, but there were concerns of like uh, cardiac risk and all these things. And so that immediately made hormone replacement therapy uh, kind of fall out of favor. And so people who were on it were having, you know, fights with their doctors because they were coming off of it. And, you know, that was rough because hormone therapies help out a lot with the symptoms. And so all of a sudden that study came out and people were like, doctors were like, oh no, you got to come off of it. And there were all kind of like follow-up studies to that. Well, what is it? Is it just, is it unopposed estrogen? If you give estrogen, do you have to give progesterone? Is it the progesterone? Is all these things? Because they thought some of the um, side effects Dr. Nono was talking about were the cause, was it a cause and effect, like which came first? And so everybody came off of it. Well, Mm -hmm. it was such a big deal that they redid the study. So they put in another like 10 years of data in it. And so I think the updated study came out in like 2012 Mm -hmm. that kind of said, well, there's a middle ground here, right? It's not all bad, but there is a way to do it. So we don't recommend that you start women on hormone therapy in their 70s and 80s, if you're going to do it, you need to do it when they first start having menopausal symptoms. So you catch them in their 50s if you want to do it. And then there's also a timeline on when it has. And this is what me and my office, we fight about all the time. I get people who are on estrogen and they have been on it for freaking 15 years, right? And they're now 80. And, And I'm like, yo, um... We gonna come off of this or not? Nah? And they're like, nah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we are. Like, we can't stay on this forever. So, mm-hmm. you you're not supposed to stay on it for, forever. And so that's why there's always a controversy. And so for women, um, if you're confused, it's not because the we as doctors don't know. It's just that we're following this active research, and because there's been so much controversy around it, every ten years or so, as they continue to study it, the the got you know the rules change. So. Right. Right. And it's and the thing is hard. And the thing is, in the original study, they were giving a hormone therapy as a prevention, as they were they were saying that once we put you on hormones, it prevents it protects for cardiovascular disease like it's protecting you from that. Right. And initially, yes, it can. But what we've noticed in the studies is that um, when we kept them, but if you're on it for too long, it actually doesn't protect you from cardiovascular disease. It actually increases your risk even more if you're on it for too long or if you initiate it after a certain age. And that was the first yeah. study that if you that mm-hmm. where they went wrong. Now, women are like, why does this matter? So before you went through menopause, ladies, you had protection. Your E2, your estrogen, your estradiol was cardioprotective. And so women tend to have less heart attacks than men Fertile women. Fertile women tend to have less heart attacks than men, um, less cardiovascular outcomes. But through studies, we figured that when you look at menopausal women or postmenopausal women, they tend to have heart attacks at the same rate as men. And so the question became, why are women who are now gone through menopause, why are they having heart attacks at the same rate? And they figured out that, oh, it was because pre-menopause, they had all this nice estrogen running around, making them all nice and fluffy and also (laughs) protecting their heart. So early in the game, they thought, well, if that's the case, give them some estrogen. That should be fine. But that in Mm -hmm. itself was a problem, which we learned in a 2002 study because with your estrogen came some 
breast cancers, some mm-hmm. uterine cancers, mm-hmm. a little sprinkle of mm-hmm. ovarian cancers, and some heart attacks, which didn't make sense. So they couldn't figure out, well, why is this? Um, and so that's how this whole thing um, came to be. So it's actually a really interesting story to follow if you if you are aware of like how we got to the making of where we are today for hormone therapy. Dr. Nono, you were going to say something. Oh, no. Uh, Amy Jo MD just said it. I was going to say the contraindications I listed are absolutes. So like there is no, if you try to talk to your doctor, like, oh, I got a, a touch of this cirrhosis. I got a little blood clot like 20 years ago. Nah. Yeah. And that was, and there was another one also. So if you are, if you have a history of breast cancer that is sensitive to estrogen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, breast cancer, stroke, TIA, the list is long. Like it's a long list. So that's why it's like, it's, it's a conversation that you have to have with your, with your doctor to see if you are a candidate. So that's not to say like, you know, we're saying, oh, hormonal therapy, there's like a, you know, there's a middle ground for it. You know, if you have those, those contraindications that we listed, you know, are you just going to live with these symptoms forever? And that's not the case because there are a lot of non-hormonal therapies available. And I'm sure Dr. Chris is going to go over all of them very shortly. Yes, I will. Basically, um, so we can initiate hormone therapy for symptomatic patients. So meaning that you're coming in and you're having like symptoms, hot flashes, or you're having vaginal dryness um, and you're very bothered by these symptoms, we can um, give you therapy if you meet a certain criteria. So it has to be age less than 60 with symptoms, gone through menopause prior to, to, to that age, that you've been, uh, if you had a hysterectomy, it's been at least less than 10 years out, okay, that you can initiate treatment if you're a candidate, if you are if you don't have any of those contraindications that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. you can be on, and it kind of all depends on what the situation is. We have, um, it, it. all of it is really based on your risk, right? And we have to calculate what your risk is. So if you have a high cardiovascular, high risk of stroke or heart attack, right? then, you know, that muddies the water a bit, right? We got to have a conversation so you know what we can at least calculate your risk 10 years out to know what's your risk of stroke or heart attack. And if you have a high risk, putting you on hormonal therapy, eh, not something necessarily we're going to want to do, right? But if you're kind of in a low risk, then it's something, it's a conversation that we can try to do that. Now, there are some people I, I have a lot of patients on that. Like they're on it for years and, you know, they don't want to come off of it because honestly, for the hot flashes, I mean, the hormonal therapy, that's probably the the first and the best therapy that you're going to get to actually stop it, right? There are other non-hormonal mm-hmm. therapies, but they don't really work as well as your estrogen or your progesterone would, right? And so- it's as like we were saying, as you get older, the risk of stroke, heart attack, dementia increases as you're on it. And also, I've even seen ladies that have been on hormonal therapy for a long time and then they start bleeding. And then they're like, oh, I'm here and I'm bleeding. And I'm like, because you're still on hormones, we need to get you off of this. <laughs> so it can it can cause some some problems. And I'm surprised when women are... Like, I'm surprised that they most time they are shocked when I'm like, you know, we need to talk about your estrogen, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you're 83. Yeah. 
we we gotta talk about this and 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 without fail most people are like no i don't want to come off of it i'm gonna have hot flashes but i'm like you yo you you went through menopause 20 years ago like why why have we let you stay on hormones for the past 20 years and you know things happen they move you know Mm. they see new oh well this is my prescriptions you kind of continue it and even when they come see me I will continue because I not I try not to start off the conversation like hey I'm Dr. Jones you are nice to meet you but this estrogen is going to come to a halt but at some point I'm like we gotta talk about it for sure for sure and and it's really what I've noticed trying to get some women off this hormone therapy man it's like it's like hard. For Ooh, it is because they're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to go back to these hot flashes. Can you guarantee I won't have hot flashes? I'm like, I really can't because, <laughs> I mean, I can't, but we got, it's not safe for you, right? You and know, the thing is, something I got to look into. What is the answer to that? Because that is the, that is a good wow. question. Like their first question is, am I going to have hot flashes? But again, they started this at like 60 right. when they were having hot flashes yes. and, and literally they've been on it for 15, 20 years. And they're like, can you well, guarantee me that I'm not going to have hot flashes? From what I can tell, the answer should be, you should be done with hot flashes. By right? then you the should, an- but- the, answer, the answer should be no, but that's based on studies that were done and hot flashes last about 7.5 years. But yes. there's some people that's, can have that's it what longer. The say. Some can have it longer, but there's yeah. the average of like 7.5 mm-hmm. years. Like that's they don't be going for that. Could be the duration of. Mm-hmm. And so we should be able to take a 15. If somebody has been on estrogen for 15 years, they should be able to exactly. come off of it. They should be. Correct. And they should. If their fear, if their fear is particularly about like hot flashes and like a lot of those vasomotor mm-hmm. symptoms we've been talking about, yes. yes. You should be able to take them off of it and they should be fine. I agree. It should. But it's just that it's a counseling thing. And a lot of times you can just withdraw, like you can slowly taper them off to help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the women that are on hormone replacement therapy, a lot of times, if even well in their, the ones that I've seen um, well in their 80s, they were on really low doses of mm-hmm. it. So um, the tapering off is like, well, I guess... And and mind you, this isn't just about like, you know, birth control pills mm-hmm. either. Like I've had to have conversations with this with my patients who still have their IUDs in. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. we should take out your IUD because according to the research, you know, we're supposed to take, especially like, you know, the Mirena and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like after you hit age 55, we got to take that thing out. Why do you still have this IUD in? Like I saw like a 57 year old. She's like, yeah, I've had my Mirena in, you know, five to seven years. And I was like. Are we on? I'm like, are we on your? I don't even remember what year it was, six or seven or something. I'm like, you're 57. Yeah, take it out. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's it time. What are we doing? It's time. You're not you're not supposed to have any form of you know like birth controls and stuff. We stopped this at 55. We gotta take that IUD out. Even the copper ones, like, come on, like just. And mm-hmm. Lord, bring, bring them out. That mm-hmm. copper one, I swear, if another woman All come in here with a 15 year, a 20 year copper IUD in, like they never come out. out. Like you go to pull on it and you're like, yo. This thing is so <laughs> the wall at that point. Like, right. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, what you pulling? Like the string that is attached to your IUD that is buried into your uterus at this point. So um, yeah, those have to those have to come out. And listen, listen, they ladies. Do. You know, if you because sometimes I think they think, well, if I just don't come back, right? I'm gonna I'm changing doctors anyway. If I just don't come back, you know, I won't come up. And so they intentionally kind of like void it. Ladies, listen up. If I cannot get your IUD out in the office, it's surgery. Mm -hmm. So it is not to your benefit 
to avoid me or any other primary care doctor or your gynecologist because you really want to keep it in and stay longer. Like I have seen 15, 20 year IUDs and it's stuck. And now you got to have a surgery because we can't get it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this happens more often than you guys think about, because if you think about if a woman is like 48, 49, right. Still having periods comes in to get her IUD replaced. Right. Let's say I put a new Mirena in you. First of all, before I put the new Mirena in, I talk about this. I'm like, you know, we're, we're 48, right? So we're 48. We're still bleeding. You're still possibly fertile. Yes. You want another Mirena, but fast forward seven years. You know what I mean? From 49. Now we're talking about 50. Yeah. But you have to look half the conversation. Cause I'm like, this has got to come out. Like, mm-hmm. We got to talk about these things. <laughs> yeah. 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 But then, um, so there are also other options. There are also non-hormonal medications or options that you can yes. do. Right. And that's actually first line, according to ACOG. Right. According to ACOG, first line is actually to try non-hormonal mm-hmm. things. So usually I do lifestyle changes and I talk about non-hormonal options and then we get to hormones. That's kind of like my stepping stone. Right. Yeah, because lifestyle stuff like yes, venlafaxine. Yeah. That's an antidepressant. I that's one of the ones that we use. Even even before the venlafaxine, you got to get them doing some lifestyle stuff too. Like, are you exercising? Are you like eat, you? Know, you got to get them on some lifestyle. Yes, stuff and exercise. They said does help. Says but... Dr. Sunshine in California, right? Listen, the southern, uh, <laughs> like the southern life is <laughs> no exercising is proven. To... No, well, it, I, no, I'm right. with you. There's, but we've been fighting about it. By the time we get here, we've been fighting about exercise for like 10 years mm-hmm. okay so okay okay no but it's one of the lifestyle ch- <laughs> it helps with okay i'm done no she's <laughs> she's for the record she's right but you know i'm just i'm chuckling because there have been so many things before menopause where we've been trying to get them to do lifestyle changes that you know by the time they start complaining of menopausal symptoms I'm like, if we couldn't get you to do it for your diabetes, your hypertension, your TIA that you've had, like all this stuff, like the chances that now with you having hot flashes that I can get you, you know, I try to be a realist, right? Like I'm trying to meet the people where they are. If I could get them to exercise more, absolutely. But it's, it's so hard. It um, it is. And especially if they're actively going in hot flashes and you're telling them to exercise, they're like, I can't. (laughs) I'm too hot. I'm too hot. It's hot down here. They're like, like, "Mm -mm." and they look miserable. They walking around with fans. They're they're not listening to the episode. (laughs) They're looking at you like you gonna make me sweat more. (laughs) So fine. fine. I mean, okay. So there's lifestyle changes, and then there's non hormonal things. Right. So there is like you know the antidepressants of the world, and And there's I think gabapentin is also on that list. So gabapentin. My patients have loved venlafaxine. For the record, like. You know, yeah, I, I, they have come back to be like, you know, Doc, I wasn't sure, but I said I was going to trust you. And I actually feel a difference. Like I get some good, some good feedback from them. I think because like sometimes they start having like some depressive symptoms right. when menopause happens. Yeah, and then plus they plus they have like that, like difficulty concentrating the insomnia, lots of pseudo depression category things anyway. So sometimes that venlafaxine can kind of t- kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. And they're like, yo, I am better in all of these regards. And part of me is like, are we treating your depression or are we helping you with the menopause <laughs> symptoms? We're probably doing both and that's okay. Right. So right. you keep winning. You keep winning, man. Yes, yes <laughs> for sure. But then another thing is um, if your symptoms, uh, more of the symptoms that predominate is more of the vaginal dryness. Um, mm. oh, so yeah. there's other there's other therapies for that. So if you have more of that, 
Of course, they could say like, hey, why jelly? But vaginal estrogen um, can can help with that. And it's pretty safe because mm-hmm. it's it's not like you're taking the pill and it's going through your whole body. It's more localized and it works in the tissue. So that that definitely helps. Yeah. So the pill and all that like is a systemic therapy mm-hmm. that, you know, people can prescribe, you know, for the symptoms. So what Dr. Chris just said is a localized therapy. So it doesn't very low amounts of it get into your, you know, and get into your bloodstream and circulate throughout your body. So that's why it's pretty good. Yes. And can we say something? Because, you know, I I realize that the women currently that are in menopause or going through menopause, probably, you know, when they were 19 and 20 and, and all this stuff, like, you know, lubes and all these things, they were available, but you had to like, go to the novelty store and do all this kind of stuff. And so they're not as versed in, if you um, are having vaginal dryness, either you are using your primarin cream or some estrogen, you know, insert. If you are using lube, water-based lube, like nowadays you can get your lube in the grocery store. You can pick your milk, your eggs, your cheese up. If you go by in the medical department where the prescriptions and all that is, you will see lubricant. You want a water-based lubricant. So I definitely have caught women that are using coconut oil and cocoa butters and oil-based things. And I'm like, you got to be irritated. So no lotions. Right next to the condoms, y'all. No oils. The condoms. It's in the same. Find section. the condom aisle. Um, I guess I should tell our seniors to pick up the condoms too, especially if you are single, because, well, that's another episode. <laughs> and get lubricant, water-based lubricant. You can use it as much as possible. It doesn't stain your sheets. It won't irritate um, your vagina because if you're having dryness, the last thing you want is a dry and irritated vagina. Like that is not fun. But yeah, that, that, um, something to bring up because it's just not, it wasn't in their conversations versus younger women. Like we've been talking about lube and all this kind of stuff, whether you needed it or not. And so it's just kind of ingrained, but I find with my older population, sometimes they're like, Oh yeah, I use some lotion. And I'm like, Whoa, you don't have to use lotion. You can go get it here. And they're like, Oh, okay, great. If you have a uterus, if you're on hormone replacement therapy, it has to be a combined estrogen and progesterone because if you only just have estrogen then the progesterone is supposed to also protect the the uterus so you can decrease your risk of uterine cancers right but then if you don't have a uterus then you could just do estrogen (laughs) so final thoughts about this so for certain women if you're having symptoms menopausal symptoms you can do hormone replacement therapy depending on the time and your the the timing of the therapy and your risk now you're only supposed to you're only supposed to be on it for a short amount of time like about five years now they the recommendations is really to have conversations with women right they're not supposed to you're not supposed to be on it long term but we're supposed to have conversations with you and let you know what your risks are and talk about weaning you off of it after a certain age because your risk of stroke, heart attack, dementia. Your risk outweigh your benefits. Okay. So it's basically a conversation. Even though I know women, you don't want to get off of it, <laughs> but you also got to understand. Please come off yeah. of it. Your risk. <laughs> Please.
it sounds like we don't have any questions. questions. So we're going to, I know y'all sure can come through with us for the questions, but I am sure you all have some after this episode. Um, so, uh, we can do chocolate kisses. Chocolates. Kisses. <laughs> this is what your fiance will come in handy. We need a, we need a, we need a, we need a baritone. We need a bass. He is perfect. Listen, kisses. don't. We need a, we need a, uh, what's the other one for the men? The baritone, the basses, and the, uh. No, I don't know. He I'll listens go. though. So, oh, you Tanner? know, now that you've said it, you know. Tanner, thank you, Dr. Nona. <laughs> I got my microphone. Where y'all need me to set up? Um, so he's been he's been waiting for this moment. So, yeah, that's such um, is gonna be pure chaos. And you realize that, right? You know what's pure so way. funny? So funny. He gonna go, he gonna get on there. He gonna drop the ball, and we be like, ah, he was so excited to do it, and then he like mess up. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, he's like he's like I'm ready for this moment. He like has his own microphone. Um, is it, it, it? It's the color of his fraternity, and so he's just like. Oh, in heaven so um yes he, he's ready i can go first i can go first with the chocolate kisses my chocolate kiss is definitely going to go out to my best friend who's out here visiting um we grew up together i haven't seen him in a very long time and this is actually the first time that he is meeting my fiance if i can if which is crazy because me and my fiance have been together for four years first of all pause i have to do that in a reverse order i'm gonna get it i'm gonna get in trouble First chocolate kiss goes out to my fiance. We celebrated four years together, <laughs> like this Aww. weekend. So number one, yay, that's our anniversary, yay, four years. He has to go first, otherwise I'm a get guy. Okay. <laughs> second, second is my best friend is also out here visiting and it's his first time meeting my fiance. And he was like, yo, you guys are getting married. I'm in this wedding. You know, we've had years of COVID. I haven't met this guy. You were working like a slave in Chicago. Y'all never had vacation time. I never got to meet him. So now they're out here bonding, chilling and everything. And it's very nice. So shout out to, you know, friends for life and childhood friends who are still your friends today, who probably know you better than you know yourself. So it's dope. So he's out here with his wife. It's been a really good time. And we've been hosting them. They've never been to LA before. So it's been a good groove. That's my chocolate kiss. Oh, I guess Aww. I'll follow that up. Um, so this past weekend, I just went to my, one of my um, really good friends wedding in Detroit. Um, we literally have been friends since we were in diapers. Um, so congratulations to Kimmy and Ricardo on your uh, wedding. Um, I wish you many, many years together. And I hope to see you guys again soon. Um, and a very, very cute event. And very happy for the both of them. So, yeah. Yay! Dr. Chris, Amy Jo. I'm well, still thinking about mine. My chocolate kiss goes out to my wonderful fiance. Uh, who, since you have a fiance. Since I have one. Uh, who proposed during an amazing dinner. We were downtown Charleston at an amazing steakhouse. And I was completely surprised so um, my chocolate kiss goes out to him for just being wonderful. Like everyone loves my fiance. I'm still trying to figure out who they love more because I'm not sure based on how y'all all be rolling. I'm just saying. So um, <laughs> shout out to him for the most amazing day and, um, you know, for rocking with me. Oh, that's so sweet. Aww. That's so sweet. <laughs> Mine's going to be a funny yeah. one. <laughs> I my chocolate believe. kiss goes out to my potential fiance. I haven't met him yet. I don't know where he's <laughs> at, but I'm here and I'm waiting. Listen, I got, you know what? I got a career. I got benefits. That's all I'm saying. Hey. <laughs> oh 
Um, you might need to you might need to get in you might need to get in some of these uh black doctor <laughs> professional groups that uh, other PMs. people <laughs> have been talking about. I'm gonna need you so... to get a Twitter or something. So can... Yeah, know. there's a lot of there's a lot of black <laughs> professional groups where they are looking for each other and actively finding each other. So Chris needs to get uh yeah up with the times and find herself somebody, or at least or at least uh, all Chris needs to do is be in the room for someone to find her. I know. All, that's all she that's really the... needs to do. She y'all she. She ain't even in the room yet. Like she's not even not, in the space <laughs> where people find I'm people. Not. So maybe, maybe if you put yourself in the space, then somebody can, you know, you know, holla at yes. her. Yes, your girl. Because it's gorgeous, y'all. Oh, you guys are so gorgeous. Sweet. Exactly. You're so sweet. Don't exactly. worry. God is working on me. We're gonna get here. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, no, no. If you want to tell the people where to find us and where to send questions, oh, please. Of course. So feel free to follow us at um, our handle is at the chocolate MDS and we are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to send us questions via our website, which is www.thechocolatemds.com or feel free to send questions to our email, which is thechocolatemds at gmail.com. Yes. Send us questions. y'all. Awesome. Send us questions. Send us questions and things. We love you all. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye.